When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Leon Dreisettle from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. At Rogers Place tonight, Wilkins taking on Moose Jaw at 7. Just had Wilkins General Manager Kurt Hill on the show. So some insight into that Dylan Gunther deal. So the Oil Kings trade Gunther's rights uh, and they get back a player and seven picks, but six of the picks are conditional. Having said that, Arizona has told the Oil Kings that there's a decent chance that uh, Gunther will be sent back to junior. So that's that's the deal there. Really interesting stuff here in the Western Hockey League. We'll, uh, we'll have Regan Bartell from the Kelowna Rockets play-by-play chair on the show later for his perspective on this, if he's ever seen a deadline like this. And uh, also between 7 and 7.30 tonight, Chris Jones, head coach and GM of your Edmonton Elks, will be on the program as the uh, CFL winter meetings are underway in Kananaskis. Uh, Luches Purefoy, excellent defensive back, signed by the Elks uh, yesterday. We'll also get some uh, memories from Chris Jones of Christian Salisbury, who was tragically killed in uh, in December. And I want to ask Chris Jones as well about quarterback development in the Canadian Football League, if they are doing enough of that. Here's what's happening in the NHL tonight. Flames and Blues 1-1, five and a half minutes left in the first. Penguins lead the Canucks 5-3 late in the second period. Vancouver led that game 3-0 early. Red Wings up 4-3 on the Jets in the second. Early second period, Stars and Islanders 1-1. Second frame just ended in Buffalo. It's 2-2, Sabres and Tentacles. Four minutes left in the second period. Hurricanes leading the Devils 2-1. Wild and Rangers 2-2. Lightning up 3-1 on the Blue Jackets. And the Raptors lead the Hornets. 72-66. That is a high-scoring game. 72-66 at halftime. 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. Oilers tomorrow, of course, on Chet at Anaheim. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. Puck drop at 8. We are talking about big defenseman Vinny DeHarnay uh, likely to make his NHL debut in that game at the age of 26. Kellen Kennedy back at the 630 Chet Broadcast. Hey. Kellen, how are you? Doing good, Reed. Uh, hope you're having fun tonight down at Rogers. It sounds like it's another great night for Oil Kings hockey down Just there. Just going through the warm-up right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll give you live updates at least till uh, till I'm off air at 8 o'clock. Uh, what do we have coming in tonight? Oh, like our first text that came in from the Fizzler. He sums it up best in the immortal words of Rasputin, oh, those Oilers. And we got a ton of Oilers texts for you here uh, to start off. So we'll start the with Fizzler Ricky. The Fizzler texted in? Yeah, the Fizzler texted in and said wow what a oh treat. those oilers <laughs> what a treat well mm-hmm. he's uh, i i can't blame him for that sentiment no the fizzler sometimes is a little bit sarcastic 
Well, and I think he is being a bit sarcastic there as well, but I also think there's a, a lot of truth to that as well. It's uh, certainly underwhelming to, to at least uh, some degree. I also think so he's far this season. I also think he's a huge Boney M fan by yeah, the sound of that text. I remember who so. did that song. Thank Boney you. M, Rasputin. Ra Ra Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. Was that the chorus? That was. Great. Still a dance hall favorite. Great. I we'll believe. have to play that later on tonight. <laughs> Thank you, sure. Fizzler. You truly are an inspiration. For sure. Uh, we'll go to Ricky next. You text in and says, hey, Reed, great show. Do you think five teams from the Pacific Division can make the playoffs? He doesn't see Las Vegas, Calgary, Seattle, and L.A. missing, so that would mean five teams for the Oilers to make it. And he also doesn't see the Avs from the Central missing either. So something has to give. Eleven teams from the West vying for eight spots. Who do you think are the playoff-worthy teams? That is from Ricky. Oh, geez, Ricky, you're putting me on the spot. I, I mean, look, my, my ability to make predictions has proven to be uh, mediocre at best over the years. I, I will say this. It, for a while, it looked like nine teams going for eight spots. Now it's back up to 11, so it tends to rubber band around. Um, I, I still doubt Nashville is going to stay in it. They have won four in a row. St. Louis is hanging around. Not sure if they're going to try to hang around. Uh, yeah, I mean, could it be five teams from the Pacific? Maybe. I'll say not likely because I do think Colorado will get in. I do think Colorado might even track down Minnesota. Um, they're 10 points behind the Jets with two games in hand. So, I mean, that that's a lot to make up. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 here's the thing. Um, the Oilers are, are a point behind Calgary. They're five points behind Seattle, and Seattle has three games in hand. And Seattle's trying to win their sixth in a row tonight. you got to cheer for the Buffalo Sabres tonight, I guess, if you're Oilers fans. I mean, Rob and I talked about it last night. The Oilers are in a tough spot because they have not banked points. And last year, they got themselves into a tough spot. And granted, they were, what was it, I think five or six points out of the playoffs when Woody took over. So, so you know, things can change. But... I, I remember when they started 16-5 and five last year. I had somebody, a, a listener, I don't know who it was, he, he, him or he or she never signed their name to any of the messages they were sending me. But it was I, it was always like, oh, you know, quit talking about the team doing good, Reed. Like, you're just, you're just shilling for the club, and who cares? They're 16-5, and five and they're not that good. They're not a playoff team. And I was, I mean... Okay, but if they didn't start 16-5, and five, who knows? This year, they have not banked points. Now, they're a good five-game stretch away from, you know, if they, if they can actually ever go 4-1 and one in, in five games or 5-2-1 and one in an eight-game stretch, okay, yeah. All of a sudden, they're probably pretty solidly in a wild-card spot. The problem is where they are now. If they have a bad four- or five-game stretch or an eight-game stretch, they could be looking at a pretty big hill to climb over the final 30 games or so. Because as we've seen, when, when you get into the second half of the season, the calendar rolls into February and then March, two things come into play. How many points are you and how many teams do you have to pass? You're four points out with 24 games left. You're chasing one team. You can do that. You got to beat them by two and a half wins. can be done. You're four points out of a playoff spot you got to pass four teams, that's pretty hard to do because they're probably not all going to drop off. Do I think there could be five teams from the Pacific? 
again, I will say unlikely. Seattle has really surprised me. See, Seattle has really surprised me because when the Oilers beat them 7-2, uh, I believe that sent them down to three wins in their last 11 or 12 games, and now they haven't lost since that. So, you know, they've, they've banked some points, and they're not yet at the halfway point of their season. All right, what else, Kellen? And we got one more for you from an unknown texter. just says, trade Yamamoto for Shen, trade Barry for Edmondson, and trade Yessi for whoever. Yeah, well, personally, I think you could anybody should be. I think the Oilers have to consider trading just about anybody except for the obvious or the guys who have no move clauses. Um, Yamamoto for Shen is an interesting one. Um, what was the other one he said? Uh, he said trade uh, Barry for Edmondson, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Here's there the thing. I, I actually would. Barry would be lower down for me anyway. Barry would be lower down on my list of potential Oilers to be traded because I actually think Barry's having a pretty good year. He's he's done well on the power play. I, I think five on five, he's kind of been who he is. I, I mean, is is he always a, a, a great defenseman at winning puck battles and things like that? He isn't, but I, I mean, that's, that's kind of who Tyson Barry is. I, I don't think he's been terrible. When he gets the puck on his stick, he gets it out. You talk about all the turnovers that have been made by Oilers players this year. I, I would think Barry has been guilty of probably far fewer of them than, than a lot of other players. So um, for that reason, for me, uh, Barry is a, a, a less likely person to trade for Edmonton. Uh, we have Tony on the line, you said, Kellen? We do, yes. All right, Tony, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, boys? It's nice to talk to you guys when there's not an oil game line when I'm not frustrated with them. Um, I was listening to uh, Insider Trading tonight because, as you know, Edmonton is looking for pretty much any defenseman that they can. And they're saying that Holland doesn't want to make a hasty move because he thinks that the biggest problem right now is inside the dressing room where their confidence is kind of like it seems like the confidence is kind of shot do you think it is a bad idea that holland isn't you know that he isn't in an urgent mood to get a defense in because you know three of our guys that are playing right now are rookies and it seems like bro it seems like one guy who I thought was going to make a huge step forward this year in Bouchard is afraid to shoot the puck at the net. He had two or three good looks last night. What does he do? He put he stick handles it and then he just did it, then it turns over. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying like go for like a blockbuster move, but maybe just somebody who can take fit 10, 10 12 minutes off of the top line because. I can tell that Nurse is kind of feeling it because he just seems like the workload is starting to get it to get to him. Okay, yeah, a lot there to dissect. First of all, I agree about Bouchard having a tough year. Uh, I mean, like like Barry, he's not a defensive wizard, but Barry's producing points. Bouchard, for the most part, hasn't been. He scored three pretty big goals. They came in the span of two games. Uh, whenever that was, early December, I think. So, yes, and, and I, Rob and I have talked about that too. He just needs to fire the puck. I, I mean, don't. I know sometimes you got to adjust it a little bit so it's not going to get blocked, but fire the puck. Get it at the net. That's why he is there. When, when he gets the puck, put it on net. Have guys go into the net. Uh, 
I think I think the heart of Tony's question, and he didn't exactly word it this way, but are we in a situation with the Oilers where Ken Holland's patience could turn out to be a detriment? And I think that's a worthwhile question to ask. It's always interesting watch, uh, talking about trades. And, and those of you who listen to the show regularly will know that I'm a bit of a freak. <clears throat> Perhaps you're saying how exactly. You're thinking of a variety of ways. But I, am, I have never been, even in my off-air life or my pre-broadcasting career, I've never been a huge fan of trade rumors because most of them don't come true. And when a team is struggling like the Oilers, a lot of you want trades, 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 trades. And I believe most members of the Oilers have been suggested to me in a trade proposal from a fan including Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, I, I don't think anybody suggested trading Skinner, and I don't think anybody suggested trading McDavid. I've probably heard about it, maybe not Kulak and CeCe, and just some guys that kind of, you know, come to, come to the rink and do their job. But here, here's, here's the thing. If Ken Holland will make a trade before the deadline. Eventually it's going to happen. And on this show or on a face-off show and on staff show, we're all of a sudden going to be talking about a trade. Like, I can't, some of the rumors might be true, but I can't really tell you too much about, like, 30% of a trade. Like, it's not a gradual thing, you know? It's not like w when you're, you're training with weights and you can lift five pounds and then you can lift seven and then you can lift ten and eventually you reach your goal of lifting a hundred. There's either a trade that's happened or it isn't. So eventually he's going to pull the trigger on the trade and then we're going to be talking about the caliber of that trade. I mean, I know everybody just wants to hear about a, a deal, a deal, do something, do something, do something. But I've been doing this long enough to know that then the GM does something, and then I'm going to be getting calls saying, well, not that. I want him to do something, but not that. <laughs> right? Because everybody has somebody they want off the team, and everybody has somebody that is their favorite and they don't want moved. It is imperative that the Oilers do something. I will say this again, and you're going to hear this a lot from me between now and March 3rd, or between now and when trades are made. I think this is the most crucial time for Ken Holland as the GM of the Oilers. He's made other moves. He's made other moves at deadlines. He's done some things that, quite frankly, might be a little out of character for him, including bringing in Evander Kane. I think this is big, because the expectations were high for the Oilers this season. And, you know, maybe they're not a true cup contender quite yet, but it was tantalizing what happened last spring. And the needs of the team are, are not a mystery. Like, I, I don't think there's much debate about what's holding the team back. Now, fair enough by Tony. I didn't see that insider trading segment. Is, is the team truly playing at its peak? I don't think they are. You know, confidence, mojo, positive vibes, whatever. I think something is just a little off, and, and maybe they just don't quite have it going on like they did a lot last year and in small doses this year. So maybe that's not a personnel thing. Maybe that's something between the years that needs a bit of an adjustment. Uh, but having said that, the roster does need an adjustment, and it's all about protecting goals or, or uh, preventing goals and taking the puck away from the other team. And again, to me, that is a big, rugged defenseman.
listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. Brian has been kind enough to call in tonight. Go ahead, Brian. How you doing, Reed? Quite well. Uh, um, you know what, Reed? Uh, I couldn't agree with you more uh, on on your perception of what's happening with the Oilers right now. And uh, but I, I'll just go back. In my opinion, the the you know the, the 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 downfall of what's happened since we lost some of our key defensemen through injuries or whatever. But uh, it's obviously lacking. You can see it as a group. And through that, I think we've lost confidence. I mean, even even last year when Mike Smith was playing, uh, Duncan Keith was playing, um, we had a little more veteran presence. This year, that's missing, and now we're looking for who's that guy that's going to step up, which leads me to uh, what I think is going to happen probably this year. And I'm, I, I, I do believe it'll happen unless we absolutely fall out of the playoffs. But I think if Ken Holland's going to make a trade, this is going to be his – you know, his maybe his, one of his last kicks at the can of, of, you know, winning a Stanley Cup while McDavid and Dreisaitl are here. I think he's going to go big. I don't think he's going to be picking up uh, a, a second or a third um, pairing defenseman. I think he's going to go after a guy, you know. And I was going to ask you this, like, is Colton Perenko a possibility if St. Louis falls out of contention? Perenko's big. And you know, and you know, he's been on this show several times. Uh, and he's from St. Albert. He's not overly physical for a guy that size, yeah. but he, he does move the puck. I mean, I just checked his stats. He's had a bit of a tough year with St. Louis. Uh, I got to check his cap because then they just signed with that extension a couple of years ago, didn't they? I think he's at is it six or seven million? I think last time I checked. Yeah, he's uh, his hit is six and a half. Oh, yeah. this is just the first year of this deal, by the way. Oh, there you go. He's still fairly young, though. He's only, what, 20? He's 29. Oh, he's 29? Yeah, he's okay. 29. I, I don't know if the Oilers would go there because of the money, but and well, the length of the deal. But, yeah, I mean, I think if he was being dangled, you might you might look at that. Hey, i got to get another call in, okay? Yeah, thanks. Okay, 780-496-0063. we got Rick on the line. Hey, Rick. Hey, Reed, you got a great show, and I was listening to Stafford today, and, you know, everybody keeps talking about uh, Patrick Kane and and uh, Jonathan Taves and all this kind of stuff. I think the last thing the Oilers need is more scoring. I think that uh, you have tonight, uh, you know, Stauffer and, and the Oilers show, they you know, they go over and over and over this. Is that goaltending and stopping puck from going in the net, which is defense, is uh, is critical, and I I'm, I'd like to say this is that I have long, long not been an Oiler fan anymore because Daryl Cates, who took responsibility over the last uh, couple of years, that it's really on him. And you know what? This team has has waffled away a um, a golden opportunity with a player like like McDavid. And then all of the ones that come uh, after McDavid, which is Dreisaitl, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? We're talking defense and we're talking goaltending. And they have fallen short for year after year after year. They haven't been able to do it. And at the end of the day, they can't stop Bucks from going in the net. So here's my deal. Is, is if, if Holland doesn't make a blockbuster trade and trade some talent 
for talent, meaning a Dreisaitl, a Nugent Hopkins, a Pat, uh, uh, Kane, or somebody to get a blockbuster deal to change the dynamic of this team, McDavid and Dreisaitl are out of here. And you're going to see the same thing happen in, that happened in Calgary this year. So the telltale team that comes up in two years, which really is one year, because the negotiation starts one year prior to the actual year of, of completion, is that when Settle decides he's not going to sign and he's, he's out of here, then McDavid's gone as well. So I'm going to hang up, and you know what? I see this whole thing as being a absolute disaster based on Daryl Cates, and, and if, if you want Bob Nicholson and whoever is left behind. Uh, Reed, you got a great show. I wish you Oilers good luck, but I'm long past being a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. But, uh, I've said enough. Have a great day. All right. Dark days ahead, according to Rick. Chris Jones coming up Inside Sports on Chet.